Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Back in early 2019, I got the chance to interview Virgin Pulse's CEO, David Osborne, and Rajiv Kumar, Chief Medical Officer and President of the Virgin Pulse Institute. In that HR chat interview, we looked at the evolution of the workforce wellness space. And in this follow-up HR chat, Dave returns to discuss the impact of COVID-19 on employees and why providing employees with well-being programs is no longer a nice to have. Dave is a seasoned business technology leader with more than 20 years experience in global sales, operations, transformation planning, execution and M&A. He brings deep experience in operations, strategic growth and executive management and a proven record of helping organisations successfully integrate, operationalize, and scale their businesses. As CEO of Virgin Pulse, Dave is responsible for streamlining, optimising and scaling Virgin Pulse as the company continues its aggressive growth strategy and solidifies its position as the largest workplace wellbeing company in the world. Dave, it's my pleasure to welcome you back to the HR Chat Show. Thanks for having me, Bill. How are you? I'm good. Um, it's crazy times, but uh, I'm keeping I'm keeping safe and well. Thank you for good. asking. Good, good, good. Uh, okay, let's straight, jump straight in, Dave. And uh, I'm, I'm going to start with a bit of a hard-hitting one for you. Uh, what would you say to, to the suggestion that well-being programs are, are best suited to times when the economy is strong, when there's a when there's a war for talent, and, you know, when it's pretty fierce, and and companies need programs in place to differentiate themselves from their from their competitors. Isn't it enough right now just to just to have a salaried job? No, I think on the contrary. I think uh, health and well-being now is is more important than ever, as you can imagine. And um, I think even beyond that, uh, digital health and well-being uh, is becoming more and more critical. As you think about um, what's going on with the population today and and 11 plus weeks in sheltering from home and people are going to come out of this, uh, I think, damaged. Uh, They're going to come out um, uh, overweight because of lack of exercise, stress, anxiety, Uh, mental resilience is is, uh, popping up more and more. Um, Our coaches are, are, are extremely busy, but less on lifestyle management, more on dealing with substance abuse, for example, and uh, mental resilience and so forth. So, And then there's the financial component. Financial wellness is going to be a big one, too. So if I think about what uh, we do as a business uh, from a health and well-being standpoint and obviously leading the space from a digital perspective, I think this is, uh, this is now a time where health and well-being is, is top of mind for CEOs uh, today. So... Um, it's it's definitely it has moved from I, I never really viewed health and well-being as a nice to have um, just because from what we've seen in the market and who we sell to it's it's usually relatively strategic but I think it's now mission critical. Budgets are pretty tight right now, Dave. How, how can companies with limited resources integrate workforce wellness into their day-to-day activities? I think the way they always have. Um, if you think about you know we price per eligible employee and and the the, the the health and well-being solution isn't really overly expensive. The ROI is massive. Um, you think about we save on average about $1,000 per employee per year. That doesn't seem like a lot of money, but if you have 20,000 employees, that's $20 million. Um, and, you know, a, a health and well-being program is really basically for the price of a cup of coffee per month per employee. It's, it's, um, it's, I don't feel it's 
expensive at all. Um, and I just think that uh, I do think that we haven't seen a ton of um, activity from a, a budget constraint just yet. We, we anticipate it coming just with uh, unemployment rates probably uh, being a little higher than we've seen in the past, obviously. But um, you know, I, I don't think that I think that if if CEOs or CXOs are looking at their business. Um, this is one of the areas where they're not going to cut, um, regardless of budget constraints. Uh, and I know a lot of companies have done a lot of things over the over the last probably 11 weeks with salary reductions and, you know, maybe cutting 401k and, and so forth. All the things that you have to do to to prepare for, um, specifically in some of the service industries, right? If you could imagine whether it's an airline or, or hotel or, or restaurant and so forth. Uh, and the furloughs that are going on, and, and all the things that you kind of have to do to survive. This is one area we have not seen hit because, again, uh, to my point earlier, health and well-being has become um, is critical and is becoming more mission critical. So you mentioned just a moment ago there, Dave, that we're in week eleven. Oh my goodness me, is it really week eleven? So we're, we're recording, so. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're recording this interview uh, towards the end of of, of May, um, in the craziest year that any of us have probably known. Um, and right now what's happening in, in a lot of the countries including the us and canada and the uk is uh there are a lot of plans happening for uh, returning to work and what that might look like dave in, in your opinion what, what what steps can hr professionals take to facilitate a successful return to work in the context of preserving health and wellness maybe as sure. early as as the, yeah this summer in some cases yeah no i think um you know ourselves uh, at Virgin Pulse, in a number of offices, we're in what we call phase zero, which is uh, the preparatory phase of getting the offices ready for a return. I won't say return to work because everybody's been working so hard remotely, but really more of a return to office. So I think if, if I think about, you know, what HR could do or what executives can do, and I'm, again, I, I wouldn't even say it's HR's responsibility. I think it's an executive responsibility and maybe HR drives it tactically, but uh, I think number one, be empathetic to your employees. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, people are coming out of this probably um, devastated, some destroyed, some you know really not really knowing what ways up. Right? To some, working from home, you know, even 12 weeks ago might have been sounded like a dream, um, and now it's it, it personally it's my own version of hell, candidly, because you know sheltering in place and working from home for 11 weeks is honestly driving me crazy. I'm a very social person, so. Um, I think be empathetic to your employees. Uh, everybody's experiencing a world of uncertainty uh, and kind of meet people where they are. Uh, some people are thrilled to come back to work. Some people are probably nervous to come back to work and so forth. So just be empathetic. Um, secondly, uh, communicate. Uh, communicate about what the, how the company is doing as a business. I think it's really important. Communicate how you're dealing with COVID-19 and how you're setting up the the office environment to come back as, as a safe office, whether you know you have social distancing and masks and hand sanitizer. And, you know, for ourselves specifically, there's no more social gathering at lunches. We used to buy everybody lunch, you know, once a week and everybody gather up and, and just eat out of the same tray kind of thing. And, and that just goes away. So you have to communicate the expectations of, of what we're trying to do and, um, you know, be respectful of state and local governments and what they're saying as far as back to work. And, um, just help your employees manage stress, manage anxiety, uh, include EAPs as a as a resource for them and so forth. So that'd probably be one and two. And then, you know, I, I kind of view three, four, and five, I guess, if you will, all in the same bucket of mental health is going to be a big focus. Um, there's a, a mental health has taken a, a massive toll on uh, 
on people today with depression and burnout and financial worries and grief and you know having to homeschool uh, and work at the same time. I, I you know I'm fortunate that uh, that's not my primary responsibility, but I, I look at you know my partner who works full time and she has two kids and trying to homeschool in a couple of different languages and it's just you know it's just really hard to do. So um, it's just taking its toll on everybody. So the mental health component is is critical and make sure that you know, you give access to coaches and meditation are, are great resources for mental health. And then you also think about on the, t- on, the, on the heels of that, physical activity is just as important as well and becoming actually probably more important. When I say physical health, a physical health focus, it's not just activity, it's sleep and nutrition and, and also the physical activity. And, you know, we're on Zooms all day long. And, and what does that mean? That means you can't walk around. I, when I'm on a phone call, I usually pace. And that's how I get my steps in, even at my office. So, um, but at Zooms, you can't really do that. So if you can stand and if you have the ability to have a, a standing desk, that's great. Sitting's the new smoking. We always say that. It's, it's zero circulation if you sit all day. And so just that physical health focus in addition to the mental health focus is going to be important. And then the social connection. Um, we are... Uh, we are people that are just generally speaking, I mean, I know there's a, a few introverts out in the world, but uh, social connection is, is important. And uh, which one thing I love about the Virgin Pulse platform, it just really encourages um, teams to do challenges and interact and, uh, and so, so forth. So um, just all those things, uh, that's what I think the leadership needs to do. And, um, you know, obviously safety is the big one too, right? Make sure you come back to the office and it's a safe environment for everybody. Long answer to your question. I'm sorry, Bill, but um, I think it's an important one. No, I, I agree. Thank you, Dave. Um, so, so far, we've been talking almost in terms like, you know, the triaging of the, of the situation and, and then the fundamentals of, of, of getting people back into the physical workplaces. But uh, one of the one of the core uh, aspects of, of Virgin Pulse and the partners that you work with is, is, that I love is the fact that uh, it reinforces and maybe even helps to define uh, a, a company's culture. So in terms of how can employers revive in-office cultures as employees who many of them have been working remotely for many, many months, start to return to their offices and acclimatized and to, to, to their former environments, um, uh, but in a very new way with new restrictions. Um, what what are the what are the tips there? What 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 are the ways that employers can can help? Yeah, you know, great question. Um, yeah, we are at Virgin Pulse. A, uh, we pride ourselves on a, on a, a company of collaboration. Our culture is very much collaboration. We build software fast. We you know we we buy companies, integrate them fast, and so forth. So, um, uh, so that you know that's always been uh, important for us. Um, and, you know, candidly, you kind of get nervous about, okay, well, what is the culture going to look like um, after this? So I think, um, you know, health, safety, and well-being probably used to live separately, um, probably pre-COVID, I'd say. Uh, I think now that they are just combined and they're more a strategic priority, um, health, safety, and well-being is, is this combination now um, and, and a priority for, for all employers. So. I think we just have to, you know, adjust to that uh, as a as an offshoot, and um, you know, it's it's going to be inter- it's going to be interesting interesting days when people come back to the office. You're not going to have 100% capacity. You're going to have probably 30 in phase one, and um, no more than a few people at a time in a conference room and people wearing masks and, and so forth. So um, there's just a 
you know, I think you just have to start to build your culture uh, around health and safety and just reinforce, you know, just the workplace as far as health, safety, well-being, uh, collaboration is going to look a little differently. So, you know, you kind of create your, your your new normal, if you will, around health and safety, and, and, and that's what we're going to try and do. And, uh, you know, we're opening up in a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm nervous and excited at the same time to, to have people back, but it's going to be, it's definitely going to be different. What do you think the response should be from from employers um, and HR is often the the voice piece of, of the leaders, right? Uh, in, in in terms of responding to those employees who say, you know what, I don't I don't feel safe coming back to the physical workplace. I, I feel like for the next three, six, nine months, I, I want to continue working remotely. Yeah, I think uh, you're going to see that. You're going to see a combination of uh, multiple buckets, right? You're going to have the people that can't wait to get back. Um, you know, working from home is their own personal hell, as I said. They just like they cannot wait to get back, and our job is to make sure they come back and do the right trainings and have a safe environment and so forth. You're going to see a, a, a second bucket that say, I, I'm perfectly fine working from home. I, I wanted to work from home uh, pre-COVID. I, I've been very productive. I can inter- interact nicely. I like working from home, and I'd just like to stay. And then the third bucket is going to be, I feel nervous coming back to work or coming back to the office um, until there's uh, some sort of vaccine. Um, and I think we have to we have to be flexible a- across the gamut. Um, our phase one is going to be purely voluntary, um, respecting the fact that people are still homeschooling, at least in the Northeast, up until the you know third week of June. Um, recognizing that summer camps, a lot of them are going to be camped or canceled, or, or parents may not feel comfortable sending their kids to summer camps. Um, so they're they're going to continue to have to take care of them during the summer. And so our phase one is very voluntary. And I think for the people that feel um, completely nervous about coming back to work. Um, we're fortunate at, at Virgin Pulse that we have uh, we have the ability to, to be productive at home. And we're not a manufacturing company, for example. You don't have to you come in and work on a line. So I, I think you have to be respectful of those people and, and help them through it and, and just address it on kind of a one-on-one or ad hoc basis. So uh, Dave and his team kindly invited me down to the Virgin Pulse conference uh, around about this time last year, May 2019, when the world was an entirely different place. Um, so I, I managed to get a, a first-hand feel for the uh, the awesome technologies and, and um, the, the, the pretty unique initiatives that Virgin Pulse and its partners are, are launching and implementing all over the globe, um, and and one one of the one of the things that's happening what happened recently is you, you guys announced um, the launch of the VP Passport, a, a critical health safety and crisis response platform, Dave. Uh, and my understanding is it's part of the company's broader return to workplace solution, and that it's in it's an app which can be configured to reflect employer specific cultures, structures, and and protocols. Um, can you can you explain a bit more about the app and how it's going to help firms to prepare for the safe return of employees to the workplace? Yeah, I mean, VP Passport is really there to to help people kind of individually self-assess if they're ready to come back to the office with all the things like temperature check, um, system symptom checker, et cetera. And it's really it's not a it's not a scenario where it's it's integrated onto our platform, obviously, but it's not a scenario where. Uh, we think that employers should force people to use it, although, uh, you know, from early testing shows that, you know, employers are going to want to make it mandatory as far as just self-assessing. But but let's be super clear, health and safety is everyone's responsibility. Um, so it's just really a tool that helps you take 
take your own health and safety um, personally and, and take your own responsibility to do it. Um, so self attestations and temperature check and, and all the things that I think are, are critical to bringing, bringing, you know, employees back to the workplace. Um, I, 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 we're going under the assumption that people that feel like they have a fever or they don't feel well are not going to go back to the office because they don't want to, they didn't want to potentially give any kind of disease to anybody else. And at the same time, uh, they don't want to come back to a, a workplace where there are people, other people there that could be infected. So um, this um, back to the workplace um, uh, application or product or however you want to call it, which is which we're calling VP Passport, is just that. It's just the, the opportunity to, to allow people to come back um, as healthier, as healthy as they can possibly be from a self-assessment. You're quoted in, in HIExecutive.com recently as saying, with, with various stresses con- converging at one time, mental well-being must be front and center and people need tools more than ever to help them build resilience and mental well-being. And Virgin Pulse recently teamed up with fitness, mental resilience, financial well-being and nutrition partners like um, Aptif, Enrich and, and Monge to provide some pretty awesome free access to, to health and well-being programs and resources. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners a bit about um, Virgin Pulse's coronavirus hub and, and why it matters? Yeah, so I think um, we have we were fortunate to have some great partners that that jumped in with our idea of like let's if we're seeing that financial wellness, mental resilience, uh, nutrition companies like Zapongo, um, partners like Zapongo, I should say uh, that that has be, that became very quickly a, a, an area of need uh, to employees uh, around the world. So um, our partners jumped in and said, okay, free access for the next three months. Um, on the Virgin Pulse platform, and here's how you get it. And I thought that was just great of them to do that, and and my hats off to the product team here at Virgin Pulse, as well as our partners that were able to do that. Um, I think going forward, you know, we're coming out with uh, some pretty stellar um, partner uh, opportunities for our employers, and the hub technology and being able to integrate these great point solutions onto the Virgin Pulse platform is absolutely critical to 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 I think um, just employee wellness in general. Um, you know, there are some great point solutions out there. Not everything's native to the Virgin Pulse platform, as you can imagine, but, you know, one of the things that, that, that we combinedly bring to the table is the way to maximize the best benefit of a partner is to put it on a platform that people use all the time. And as you know, Virgin Pulse's secret sauce is, you know, our 60% of our members use our platform daily, which is, which is huge. And nobody can ever even touch that statistic. And in fact, if you layer on social media, Facebook wins that race as far as daily usage, but after Facebook comes Virgin Pulse, you know, a B2B solution. And then LinkedIn and Pinterest and all those other ones and all the, the new ones that are popping up that my 13-year-old daughter uses that I, I really don't care to know about. Um, so I think usage is, is critical and, and integrating with some of these great partners is even more important. And, and, you know, at Thrive next week, our virtual Thrive, we're calling ThriveX, which sadly we were supposed to be there today, um, but we had to cancel as, as, as many people did. But uh, we're going to be introducing what we call VP Plus, which is a, a whole new way to think about integrated partners. So we're pretty excited to talk about that. Interestingly, that the, the pandemic may actually have, have created a, a big opportunity for employee wellness software providers like 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 Sprout and Core Health Technologies, Terry Bay Wellness, and of course Virgin Pulse. The, the, the corporate wellness market forecast, uh, which was released in March, I think, suggested that the global corporate wellness market revenue is expected to reach forty-eight point four one billion. 
this year and and forecast to grow at a compound annual growth rate of more than 5.5% between now mm-hmm. and 2025. What why, why should employers continue to be responsible for the health and well-being of their employees? Yeah, I think I mean there's the obvious reason, right? Health and well-being is, is so it always has been critical. Um, but I think even now it's becoming more critical, getting back to office safe and so forth and being healthy and happy. And, um, you know, I think chronic conditions of prevention and management of chronic conditions have become even more and more important uh, as we come out of this kind of um, pandemic, shelter in place, don't move for, for 11 weeks. Um, and I think digital health is, is, is going to be even more critical. Uh, when you think about people aren't going to go to gyms as much as they used to. People are not going to go to the doctor's office as much as they want to. Like they're, they're avoiding, at least for the next foreseeable future, it could be two, three years, people are really just avoiding, um, you know, just social environments like that. So I think that, I think, yeah, I, I agree that uh, it's a combination of health and well-being based on what we saw over the last 11, 12 weeks is, is just going to become more and more critical and more and more strategic and it's going to start. You're going to start to see the sea level get more and more involved, uh, which we generally haven't seen in the past. And I also think that on layer on top of that, digital well-being and how to deal with um, and how to do this from a, a remote scenario is is going to be even more critical. Um, dealing with, like I mentioned, chronic conditions, um, being able to access uh, mental resilience applications and how to meditate and um, having access to coaches whether it's lifestyle coaches, chronic condition coaches, uh, coaches that are going to help you with you know, substance abuse, et cetera. Um, all of those, all of those um, areas are going to become more and more relevant. And, uh, you know, I think kind of the new social contract is, is not just give me a paycheck, take care of me, but take care of me the right way now. Um, don't, send me to, don't send me to a doctor's office to get my screens. How do we figure out how to do that uh, some other way? So. I agree. And shameless plug for the HR chat podcast. We've got a bunch of episodes right now on mindfulness and mental health and uh, and just ways to cope with what's going on at the moment. So please do mm-hmm. check those out. Uh, Dave, just finally for today then, how can our listeners connect with you and how can they learn more about all the awesome things happening over at Virgin Pulse? Well, we've got a wonderful website that our our marketing team has uh, worked diligently on making it uh, fantastic. So it's virginpulse.com and um, uh, ThriveX is, is a great opportunity to, to, to register for our first ever virtual Thrive event. Um, and what a great opportunity right there. And it's next week. Uh, it's, it's next week is, is the kind of the keynotes, but it's every Tuesday thereafter with, with a couple keynote speakers. Um, we didn't want to cram everybody into one, one day. We want to be, you know, obviously if you're, if you're, we want to be cognizant of people's time. So we've got about a, a three or four week, um, every Tuesday of just great keynote speakers and, and to be get in touch with, with Virgin Pulse and what we do and how we're doing it and, and really, more importantly, how we're looking at the future because I think uh, um, this, uh, this slowdown in the economy and this pandemic has not stopped us for, for, to continue to be a market leader, to continue to innovate uh, on our product set and, and so forth. So um, we love to listen to the market and we're trying to give, we're trying to give the market everything it needs. And uh, maybe that's because Virgin Pulse is, is led by a fantastic Canadian, or maybe that's just my bias. Um, but, okay. <laughs> I've got dual, I've got dual citizenship now. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you, you... I passed the test. I, I know how many senators <laughs> there are in America. <laughs> you can go anywhere in North America. Fantastic. Um, okay, so that just leads me to say for today, David Osborne, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks so much. And listeners, until next time, 
Stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette. 